Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my review of The Last Wish Raid. If you've been missing these sessions and Q&A sessions from getting uploaded, uh, I was grinding pretty heavily to get raid ready, and then I was down and out for about a week and a half due to an emergency appendix surgery that was pretty bad. Uh, back almost now to 100%, so these should be continuing, and these episodes should be hitting uh, all of the different platforms. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash to rage. Uh, and as with all of my content, you can share it with people that you think will like it. And if you're here live, you can take part of the Q&A, which we're doing right now. Use that cute question command in chat to submit your questions. Uh, first question from zero, then one. Do you think that the Luna's Howl and the Broadsword are worth the grind? Do you feel that PvE, even though we have raid weapons, need to have pinnacle weapons? Uh, well, they did the Malfeasance, and I'm pretty sure that was pretty tough. Uh, it wasn't obviously like a seasonal long grind, so I do think it'd be cool to have something like that. I would love to see Bungie give us a raid NPC. I think a raid NPC would give you perfect a perfect context for what you're driving at here, and that's that PvE is kind of missing that complete like seasonal like you, you you'd go the whole season, you go the entire season, and you get all these different things as you play uh, that increase your rank, and then at the very very end you get your you know you get your, kind of your capstone reward like a Luna's Howl or a broadsword. I do think PvE is missing that, and I think a really, really easy fix for that would be uh, would be to give us an, a raid NPC. Because I've, I've said that for a really, really long time. It'd be nice to have a reason to run raids beyond that very, very first run. Um, because... Rather, the machine kind of had that, but they've never really captured this idea that the hardcore raider has incentives to run raid beyond three. It's like, well, you get your gear drops, and then it's like, well, what's the frickin' point now? And if you could raise your rank with a raid NPC and get really, really cool rewards, emblems, uh, very, very cool shaders, maybe ornaments for the raid weapons themselves... Uh, ornaments for the armor that could only be gotten once you hit certain ranks. Uh, that could be really, really good. Uh, and then as you're saying, you know, you can, you can have an entire season-long grind that you can't get this reward until you hit a certain rank, you know? Uh, so, and I do want to thank uh, Saintsman for the brand new Prime sub and Freight Train for five months of subs. Thanks for doing that. I do have alerts turned back on. Sorry about that, guys. I do have alerts turned back on. So thank you for those subs. And I think you're you're getting at something that is still missing from the game. And I do think a raid NPC could really, really help. I didn't include that in my review, uh, but that I could do an entire talk on why they need a raid NPC and how it could be implemented uh, for future content. Because we do know probably this time next year we'll be sitting in another DLC with another raid and they could very easily take some ideas from the Lunas How broadsword grind and implemented into PVE uh, in a really, really good way. So, 18 months from King Gouda. Thank you so much for a year and a half. 
Uh, thoughts on the Riven Rocket Cheese? Yeah, uh, something needs to be done. The entire fight's being circumvented. Uh, I don't want to do too much, though. I, you, you don't want to over-legislate and have suddenly, like, the the raid being micromanaged. But there needs to be something done. Uh, I think maybe have a damage cap at each section where you stun. Um, maybe add, you know how whenever you're doing What's-Her-Face... Uh, I I don't know her name. The wizard that you're basically chasing, and then you do the little puzzle rooms where you step on the platforms and you shoot the crystals around her, um, to to unlock damage. You can only do so much damage to her at each stun, and the reason for that is because they basically just cap it. Like once you do so much damage, uh, she's no longer damageable. They needed to probably do something like that with, uh, yeah, Shuro Chi. I always want to call her churro, <laughs> like that, like that uh, dessert. What is that? That uh, Mexican dessert, the churros. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it needs looked at, and I don't know if they can come up with a solution in a, in a rapid manner. But being able, especially on PC, because of the way that clusters hit multiple times with the higher FPS, uh, Strat Cat Willie, thank you for an entire year of support. That is a red badge for you. Welcome back in two months from CMAC. Glad you're back with the great content. Thank you so much for all the kind words, guys, about me kind of coming back uh, to the game. Uh, to streaming, I mean. It's good to be back. So, they need to do something. They need to do something. Bypassing the entire fight, the entire damage mechanic. I mean, imagine if when... Imagine going to Oryx. Like, go to Oryx and compare. Imagine if you could go to Oryx, and whenever it's time to stun Oryx, you could cheese and, like, do a ton of damage for whatever reason. And then end up with no fight. You know? That would be incredibly stupid. The entire Oryx fight is built around, you know, pain mechanics and pain management with Light Eater Knights and making the orbs and killing the ogres and and grabbing the relic. You know, that entire fight, it wouldn't even be a fight anymore. It would be like, nah, just get to just get to first stun and just dump clusters in his chest. Uh, that'd be pretty stupid and it would need patched. So I think even the people doing it, even the people that know how to do it, would admit it needs patched because they're not even engaging with the fight. Uh, it's it's not it's not that far removed from pulling out you know the Ethernet cable at Crota because you're literally skipping the fight. So that would be my uh, feedback on it. Max says, now that you're more on level with the raid and some of the pain points are gone, what ranking would you give it compared uh, to? the previous raids I mean I said in my talk I think this is the best raid they've designed um and I I think that they they hit it right on the nail they hit the nail right on the head uh they really did and I, I think the reason they did that is because they took a lot of the ideas and thematic thrusts from the other raids and they did it in a way where you you don't feel like every fight is just another mechanical fight. You don't feel like every encounter is just another DPS check where the boss just stands there and lets you shoot them. Everything is very, very different. Here's here's how I would phrase it. Here's how I would phrase it. The previous raids all had their own identity. In this raid, every encounter has its own identity. And I think that's a really, really great way uh, to build a raid because... Each encounter then requires mastery, and it's it's beyond just like figuring out how to do tons of damage. You know, it goes beyond that. 
So that's where I would put this raid. It's the best raid, and that's why I would say it's the best raid. Every encounter has its own identity, and all of the previous raids have their own identity. And that's why this one has its has its its feet firmly planted, I think, in in being the best. So uh, next question from Mello Viello says uh, how do you feel about the repeated legendary drops do you think they'll fix this issue I know the repeated powerful drops is getting addressed uh, so we know that is getting addressed and so that's a good thing uh, repeated powerful drops are happening because the pool of weapons is uh, the pool of weapons is incredibly shallow and they're going to be adding the Zenobia D uh, they're going to be adding the Zenobia D and a couple other oh my gosh, a couple other powerful weapons to that pool, but unfortunately that's not going to hit until the 30th uh, which is kind of unfortunate uh, we got a Prime Ingram and a Legendary so they are looking at a fix it just isn't anytime soon uh, which is unfortunate, I wish it was a little bit sooner Part of the reason you're getting so many edge transits is because there just aren't enough weapons uh, in that pool. And I just got an alternate, maybe, I think. Is that an alternate emblem? Yes, that's very cool. Um, Ascendant challenges completed eight. This emblem tracks the number of Ascendant challenges you've completed cool I don't know if that's a random drop or did I I don't know if I got that because you know we've been doing a lot of stuff I don't know maybe because you did so many blind wells I'm not actually sure uh, what that is but I'm gonna go do patrols now instead of the blind well Nova hands hey Lono do you think we'll get a scorn themed raid layer I have no idea honestly uh, 30 months from hillbilly 30 freaking months I've gotten dozens of sidearm drops for my powerful reward uh, with the cost of infusion. It's so frustrating only getting sidearms. Yeah, RNG-based drops can be pretty frustrating, man. That's a bummer. Uh, Back to this question about a Scorm-themed raid layer. I honestly don't know because the first raid layer is going to be centered around the Black Armory and uh, those weapons. Scornful Rapier with a brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageless... Enjoy your dope badge and emotes, your dope and deserve dope stuff. Enjoy ad-free viewing. When you guys are subbed to this channel now and you're here, you will not see ads. I have turned off ads for subs. So, little incentive to sub to the channel if you don't like those ads popping up. Um, so, I don't know if a Scorn-themed layer would make sense anytime soon. Uh, you know, we know that the theme of... What's the Penumbra? Isn't it called? Yeah, Penumbra is coming out next year in the summer. And that one seems centered around Leviathan. And then the Black Armory is centered around the Black Armory. So I don't know if Black Armory is going to fit with the Scorn. Um, They kind of do whatever they want, though, a lot of the times. I mean, honestly, we went into Leviathan and then Eater of Worlds was, you know, all Vex-based. So they could probably do pretty much whatever they want. It doesn't really matter. But a scorn themed raid would be pretty cool. I actually said that all of the all of the Baron fights, all of those adventures, they kind of felt like mini raid bosses. They all had their own feel. 
they all had their own their own look and and way of approaching it and that was i think pretty cool and it kind of felt like i said like mini like mini raid boss fights i enjoyed those fights probably the most out of all boss fights in the game so uh, Jewish Rye. It seems like there's only one weapon per archetype that drops with random rolls. Do you think the lack of rolled weapons still puts a damper on the game activities that have drop strike specific loot, crucible, stuff like that? I mean, I'm not really sure what you're getting at. Um, I, there are random rolls on a lot of different weapons. Um, so I don't know if this is an accurate summary of how it breaks down like between all the archetypes um i know that over time i think the big grind and this is just something that i've i noticed early on it's not very hard to get good rolled weapons you know and obviously there's the curated drops that can that you can get right there are dreaming city weapons that have the the masterwork 10 and and then they have like the, the the god roll, and they did the same thing in the raid. I don't know if they're doing that with like anything else. I don't know if they're doing that with. I don't know if they're doing that with other other items in the game, like strike specific loot. But I know the raid and the dreaming city weapons can drop curated. It's a predetermined roll with a masterwork ten. Like I got a I got a vouchsafe that was like that, and then I got a uh, a nation of beasts from the raid like that I got a it's a it's a fate bringer roll on the nation of beasts it was 10 masterwork on range and then it's outlaw dragonfly with light mag um apparently there's a curated roll for every gun in the game I didn't know that so there's a curated roll for the better devils I did not uh know that okay gambit has those rolls as well so I feel like this summary of the situation is a little inaccurate. I I, I feel like there's there's more to it than that. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of different places you can seek gear. There's a lot of different places you can you can go for good or god rolls. Uh, you know that we know there's a hand cannon from the Mad Baron uh, that you can get that. You know, that'd be fun to go for over time, right? Like, once you kind of start running out of stuff to do, you start kind of going for the more specific stuff. Uh, I'm just making sure I've done everything there is really to do here. Do the Corrupted while Ascendant, and then a Purification Ritual while Ascendant. I should probably go grab... I have a 600 Prime Ingram my first 600 item uh, in the game so let's go check it out while we take the next question game shimmy should Bungie scale up the old d2 raids I don't think so um, I don't really have a strong affinity for those raids so I don't have this strong feeling of like yes bring back um, you know, you weren't ready. I don't know what you would have been doing. We there was nothing left to do. I mean, I don't. What did you have left to do? A public event? Um, I don't think scaling up the old D two raids. Now, if they want to bring back D one raids through the Infinite Forest and do like the Dark Future, you know, do different versions of the guns, different versions of the armor, 
I would be okay with that. Um, RR, he means random rolls. Like, scale up the old raids and then add random rolls on the guns and on the armor. What's a curated roll? It's a static roll. So, if you get the Nation of Beasts to drop in the raid and it drops Masterwork level 10, like this, you will get the exact same roll that I have right here. So... At the end of the day, I don't think the three raid layers, uh, there's, there was three, wasn't there? Or just the two? No, there was just the two. I'm sorry. The two raid layers and the raid, I don't think were good enough to justify going back in. And again, I could see them bringing back the old raids with the infinite forest and dark future and all of that, I think could be a much better way of rejuvenating old raid content. Leviathan and the layers just were not very, in my opinion, they were not very enjoyable experiences. Uh, They weren't worthy of being brought back. So, and we got a 600 guns. That's actually pretty good. You want, I think you want guns targeted first uh, a lot of the times. So we're gonna switch characters now and take another question. Shogun. What do you think about Destiny 2 going cross-play between PC and console? I mean, I think that would pose some problems for your... uh, Our overlay is going to get a little screwy here. I think that would pose some problems for your... um, For your PvP environments, just because there's such a strong difference between uh, the PvP experience on, you know, console versus PC... Um, so that would be my biggest concern. PVE, I think would be fine. You know, going into raids, going into, you know, strikes, like doing your, doing your, your usual stuff with your buds, I think would be, would be a lot of fun, uh, cross play. Obviously it gets, I think it gets a little, it gets a little hairy when you, you get into the PVP though. Like that's that's generally where the problem lies, right? Because PC players have increased frame rate, they have mouse and keyboard, you know, they have a lot of things that they have at their disposal as an advantage that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to necessarily deal with uh, on on console. Um, so, I would say. I would love to see it for PvE. Would love to see it for PvE, but I, I think it would pose pose problems in PvP. Um, so I don't know if we have. I think my Titan is the one who's the closest. Yeah, I'm missing two pieces here. Um, and it's gonna be Arc for the strike. So we need to put some Arc on. Um, so I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big proponent of cross play for PVP, but I'm a big proponent of cross play for PVE just because I think it would enable players to do a lot of the things they naturally want to do, which is play with their buds. I think you'd see a lot of people upgrade to PC purely because they, uh, could play with their homies, you know? Yo, Grenader Jake with two months says, thanks for everything, homie. Oh, you the best, man. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you, man. 
Thanks for two months, dude. I think the first month was a gifted sub, wasn't it? I think it was. Welcome back, bud. Uh, da -da 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 -da. You the homie. You? You the homie. Um, so. That was kind of long-winded about crossplay, but I do think you got to be careful with how they handle it. Uh, it's EOWT. Did the changes to the revive system you were talking about before the Forsaken drop turn out to be as impactful or damaging as we thought? I mean, the, there are still elements to it that I find frustrating, right? I want you to imagine, uh, and and this is where people are going to push back and say, if if that many people are dying, then that's on you. But I want you to imagine some of the encounters like the the Shuro Chi. Shuro Chi where you're like chasing her and doing the puzzles and stuff. I want you to imagine that for whatever reason for, for whatever reason you get to the final stretch and you don't have a res token, right? Well, I still think it's more exciting for a five-man squad to be like, "Oh my gosh, we can't get that res." Let's just keep going and see if we can clutch this up, right? That's way more exciting than, well, that's a wipe. We've only got 60 seconds. There's no way we're going to get the damage, etc. Again, it's a one-size-fits-all pain point. So it doesn't necessarily work in all circumstances. You can go into certain areas and there's almost no pain from it at all. Because generally speaking, you need everybody alive anyway, right? Like go into the Riven fight. If if you're if you have that many people dying, you're gonna fail just because the natural pain and pressure from the fight kind of requires the team to be alive, right? So the the intrinsic pain of the fight doesn't really ever have the revive mechanic landing on it. You're very rarely getting to the point where you're like, well. Five people are alive. Let's press on. Now, you might once you get to the place where you know you can send Riven. You know, maybe you just had a couple sloppy deaths early on and you you know, you know you can go upstairs and send Riven. Like, you've got good damage and you can 100% send her. Well, I think a lot of people would push back and say, if you've had a lot of deaths leading up to that point, then you don't deserve to win you, you know you deserve to be wiped i don't necessarily know if i agree with that that i just i don't know i think there's different philosophies about shared pain of a raid team i think shared pain of a raid team is already intrinsic to the encounters themselves because if someone is dead you have new things you have to do that that maybe you didn't have to do before you have shared responsibilities that suddenly become more weighty and more challenging purely because someone is dead and can't do their job. So, I mean, acting like letting people continue to go and instead of, you know, oh, no, don't, don't, let's, no, we got to wipe the team. Letting them continue on is just, yeah, people are just going to get carried through the raid. I, I think if you build a good raid encounter, that's not true at all. If you build a good raid encounter, then no, it's not as simple as just continuing on. There is shared pain that's now significantly difficult. Case in point would be the guys that have, you know, three-man the encounters and shown, like, look how much extra they have to do because they don't have other people to carry the load. 
so I'm not gonna die on this hill though because it certainly is not nearly as bad as it was in Leviathan it is way way better than it was in Leviathan Leviathan it was like you were wiping so many times just purely to the, the mechanic instead of the fights themselves you were wiping to the revive timer uh, so the new revive timer I will say is significantly better and I am glad that they did listen to us on that and make and make adjustments I applaud Bungie's willingness to kind of meet us in the middle so it, it is it is better than it, than it ever was uh, blessed Binky with four months of subs welcome back swimming three uh, what should your light be around to be able to come really be able to do the first two encounters as long as you're at 61 five six one the first couple encounters will be very very easy if you're at five five one you can manage it but you are gonna feel that pain of being below the Delta when you get to the you know the second encounter uh, hitting six one is pretty pretty nice obviously once you get seven one the raid becomes very very manageable and from then on it just becomes even more manageable you know once you hit nine one uh, you're above everything even the final encounter at what's I think final encounter is like 85 so Harry the Tapir how do you feel about the boss health in the raid with two bosses being able to be killed without doing any mechanics being Riven and Cali and Morgeth being one phase with absolute ease alright here's the thing I think DPS check bosses like Morgeth is the big ogre I, I think I'm fairly certain that's the ogre uh, he's one phaseable with a team running whisper and also with a team just intelligently managing the mechanics. I believe a team being rewarded for maximization of DPS uh, as long as they're, you know, they're in, you know, they're doing the encounter, right? They're doing that encounter. They're doing it. They're they're getting all the stuff and then they're and then they're they're killing him with whisper. I don't necessarily have a problem with that because if you legislate, you got to remember if you legislate to really good teams that all have whisper and you're like well we better increase his health or cap it so you have to go to a second phase you have to think about what that's going to do uh to the player base at large you're going to have the encounters hit damage thresholds and difficulty thresholds that could potentially be over like an overreaction like you're overturning like the car is kind of spinning out and you overturn and overcorrect and in the process you you spin the car out even more and i think we can overcorrect here now with the with respect to riven and people killing riven with like cluster bombs in the rooms i think that's as simple as just saying you can only do so much damage in the rooms because that's not meant to be a damage cycle basically because of the way that clusters work and people are getting like extra damage from extra hits on clusters they basically just need to say eh, you can only do so much damage in the room you can if you do if you do any more damage than this it's just going to cap it and it's going to stop you i think that's totally fine i don't think that's over legislating i think that's telling people you need to actually engage with the encounter but the only way you're going to stop it at morgeth is by i think overreacting and making the fight harder than it needs to be for the player base at large and that's when I think you need to you need to pivot away from uh, away from a reaction because I don't think you need to do that 
So I actually take both instances very differently in my mind because at least in Morgoth, you have to satisfy the mechanics one full cycle before you can try and like nail him with Whisper. And teams are not all going in there with full Whispers. I mean, you got to think about the percentage of the player base that all has Whisper for their entire team and are good enough to really, really take that fight, you know, to that point. And they're managing all the pain points. So. Sick GC. Why patch Riven when the damage is done now that most people are above 580? Well, because you want the encounter to be, to have integrity, you know, even though I don't, and I think you saying most people are well above 580 is not accurate at all. I highly doubt out of the millions of people that play Destiny 2 that most people are above 580. I think you're looking at your friends list and getting a very, very false impression about where the player base stands right now with power average. I would wager to say most of the player base is probably down in the 540s, 550s. I highly doubt that a lot of the team that a lot of the player base is in 580s um so and because of that even even if even if we we grant your speculation that i believe is false if a lot of the player base is at 580 that doesn't mean you don't make the encounter have integrity like you want people to actually engage with the encounter like they're not even engaging with the fight they're not engaging with the mechanics and that's the main main problem the main issue isn't that, oh, people are already high level, like what's the point in in lowering it? The point in lowering it, or I'm sorry, capping damage to people engaged with the encounter, the point in doing that is so that the fight actually happens as it's intended. Like, if, if a bunch of people got to, to, to high levels uh, during Crota, they still needed to patch the fact that people weren't doing the Crota fight, they were just lagging out the host. So... Billy Schultz, I think Bungie has really worked hard on pushing out changes and suggestions from the community in this current DLC. Do you see this continuing for the annual pass content? I see the annual pass content being complementary to existing systems that they've put in place. Raid layers. Uh, I, 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 would, I would wager to say that the Black Armory is going to be a huge introduction of perks into the weapon pool to make random rolls a whole lot more exciting because as it stands uh they're not that is is he like legit you're not gonna oh okay because as it stands i think that you know the 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 rolls are getting a little predictable and and not necessarily boring they're not necessarily boring but they're definitely getting predictable and I think that that's a problem and it's like well you're basically going for like a handful of perks that are really influential and then the rest kind of don't matter and we want to you want to see a shift from uh, from that I think and I think they're going to use the black armory to do that and then penumbra could bring in a whole new just a whole new swath of stuff with uh, oh wow that's a big jump for my Ophidius space I hate to infuse it though I don't have any masterwork cores. Um, probably worth doing though, just uh, for now. Uh, we'll bring over some uh, stuff to to break down for masterwork cores. There we go. Ophidia Spathe roll is garbage, but I can always get a good roll and infuse that into it. That was a good jump on that. 
probably save that helmet as, as well. The wing, you're trying to get all those full sets of armor, you know? Uh, thoughts on Shattered Throne? I didn't get to do it. I was in the hospital. H-Mong. Uh, I, I will say that it's cool they're adding really, really difficult things, and they're adding this concept of dungeons. I will say that. Conceptually, I think it's awesome. I didn't get to experience it, so I can't say much more than that. H-Mong says, It seems the new numbers of guns per slot per type kinetic uh, hand cannon, for example, are very limited because of the energy primary slot. Do you see Bungie implementing a way that you can change primary weapons from energy to kinetic or the other way around? I don't honestly know. I mean, just for the sake of muscle memory, um, just for the pure, pure sake of muscle memory, I would love to see them let me put guns where I want. Uh, I feel like some of that's unnecessarily frustrating just because... You know, you go to switch because, like, if you're gonna run a shotgun and your kinetic, and then a hand cannon and your energy, uh, that to me is is fine. But the fact that like my muscle memory gets all screwed up, it would be cool if I could switch them. Now I don't know how you do that with the elements, though. They have internal balance probably set up to where certain guns. You know, certain guns can do certain things. You can rebind keys. Yeah, but nobody wants to go in and rebind keys. You can't really do that on... You can't really do that on... Uh, you can't do that with a controller, and you can't do that on console. The largest player base is on console. So that player base holds a lot of weight. And I think it'd be a lot easier just to swap their position. You know? So. But again, you gotta think about elemental balance. Like, what would a kinetic become if you move it to energy? Or would it literally just be a change in their position? Uh, but again, if I could slide the chattering bone down here, what element are you going to give it? There are some kinetic primaries that could potentially, you know, cause a lot of problems if you slide them down. You know, I don't know. You've, uh, you definitely need to be careful, I think, with, with sliding weapons around. Ed Rambunctious. Uh, and we only have two more questions left, so if you guys want to submit questions, use that question command in chat, followed by your question. I think we started, we've only been going for about 45 minutes. Ed Rambuck says, what's your favorite season in the year? Uh, mine, we have just started autumn, fall. Oh, I like hoodie weather, yeah. I like hoodie weather the most. Uh, Gavin, anything we can do to increase our light after we complete all of our milestones? The only thing you can do is you can try and roll over your rank in Crucible or in Gambit every time you get past, like, the third, right? If you're Legend, and then you're Legend 1, 2, and then 3, and then you roll it over, you get a powerful drop. Uh, Priming Gram Farming is probably not worth it because of the nature of how you're going you're gonna to slow down your drops later on. And then... I mean, other than that, yeah, there's not much else you can do. Now, this question, I I don't think you're running out of stuff to do, to be quite honest. Unless you're only on one character. If you have more than one character, I highly doubt you're running out of stuff to do. As a streamer, and I've seen many streamers, if you're running all your raids, all your milestones, all your dailies... If you're doing, if you're exhausting literally every avenue you can for powerful drops on multiple characters, it's very difficult for me to believe you're running out of stuff to do. So, I would think that 
I would think that you would you would be only on one character if you're consistently running out of stuff to do. Mac2099, what are your thoughts on some of the purposely trollish roles we see? For example, hipfire on sniper or scouts, Genesis on kinetic weapons. Um, yeah, Genesis on kinetic weapons is kind of funny. Uh, I Listen, I think you need bad roles to make the good roles and the god roles important. You know, if you get a if you get a gun that you want and it has a crappy roll on it, like Genesis on Kinetic is actually kind of funny. I didn't even realize that was possible. That's it, to a certain degree that's kind of humorous. But I would say, I would say that the the badness of a roll highlights the goodness of the good rolls. You know, whenever I was a Mago Loop farming and we would just get an absolute trash roll. There's something about that that kind of drives you to keep going. You're like, oh my gosh, what a piece of trash. If everything's right in the middle, if, if everything's right in the middle, so it's either a good roll or a god roll, and there's like no such thing as like a trash roll, I think that kind of hurts the spectrum of reward. You have to have black in order to have white you have to have darkness in order to have light like without the existence of antithesis then the light and the big things don't matter nearly as much it's it's kind of like when you look at the the raid or the nightfalls or the hard content right the the nature of that content being challenging against the backdrop of so much content being quite a bit more easy makes the challenge more enjoyable. If everything was balls to the wall hard, or everything was, you know, kind of marginally, you know, pretty easy, you just kind of run through and kill red bars, uh, then that, I think, also, it kind of gets at the point I'm trying to make. You have to have that spectrum, and that doesn't mean that you literally create trollish rewards. I'm, I'm not saying that. Obviously, kinetic on a on a kinetic on a weapon that uh, uh, I'm sorry um, Genesis on a kinetic weapon seems seems basically stupid like it should at least be a perk that you can use right at least make it a perk that can be used so you're ah frick I wasn't I'm trying to do too much I just lost 12 motes how do we not have any motes banked I think we have people that are tanking we had guys that had 10 and 12 that we're not banking and we lost all of our moats so I'm done trying I'm not gonna play with a team like this I think they literally d- refused to bank because I kept this clean I kept the platform clean and there was at least one guy with 10 and one guy with eight that never banked their moats so we have these throwers on our team there are throwers in gambit I don't know if you've played yet and seen the guys that get 10 and 15 moats and then intentionally get killed so good for you I guess I won't be making an effort to try to turn this team around I'll just freaking hide in the spawn that's really annoying I don't know why people play gambit so so intentionally poorly I don't understand it um I lost 10 well after the first two phases the first two areas those first two areas got clear and these guys are throwing um no, there's no way the invader killed them before they could. I cleaned the platform, and they had 8 and 10, and they were coming toward the platform. There's no way the invader killed them. The invader did not get in there before I had 10. So, I think they're throwing. Sir Drew, what should, if anything, 
Bungie do to make powerful drops target your lower gear? Getting nine drops in a low on your highest light gear uh, is painful. Well, here's the thing. You don't want... I don't think you want to have it be too smart. Right? Uh, why intentionally get killed? I have no idea. We literally have been... I've played against teams that do that. They literally get 15... They buy to ads with 10. Yeah, like, I, I've just... There are people that just throw Gambit for some reason. I've literally played against teams where the entire time in the kill feed, I'm seeing people losing 10 and 15 motes, like, on purpose. Like, they just die to ads. I, I don't understand how you can be that awful uh, at the game mode. So, I think that... I think that the way they should use the RNG of the powerful drops is the smart RNG should tilt away from your highest items. Your two highest items, there's eight possible items that you can get, right? There's three weapons, and then there's five pieces of armor. Thanks for 19 months, John Walner. There's there's three weapons, and then there's the five, there's the five armor pieces. So there's eight possible things that can drop for you that could help you. Usually you have one or two outliers that are way higher than everything else, and it's usually your weapons. Typically your weapons tend to get really, really high. So I have a 600 here and a 596. These are my two highest items. So when I get a powerful drop, as long as it doesn't target my highest items, here's another one, 596. Like, let's say it targets this as a 595. Well, that helps my arms a little bit. At least it helps. At least it helps, right? I think that it, as long as it helps a little bit, as long as it helps like a little bit, that's fine. I think when it targets your highest item, so like right now, if I get a 595, I think this is the highest I can be. If I get a 595 here, here, uh, here, here, so that's four, five, five out of my eight items, it won't help me at all. Five out of my eight items won't help me at all. So in my opinion, it should avoid those five items, target the three items where I can get help, and then even if it targets the ones that are like marginal, like tiny bits of help, at least I'm getting something. It's like, well, it's a tiny bump. That'll help out a little bit later. Maybe it pushes you over into the next delta, you know? Maybe it keeps you, you know, maybe it helps you hit the 6-1 or the 5-1 that you're trying to hit. Um, you know, maybe it helps with that. Instead of it being like, oh, as soon as you, as soon as you turn it in, you basically wasted an hour of your life. You're like, wow, I just grinded five, you know, games of Crucible for, for an Ingram that literally did nothing for me. That's, I mean, I don't know. Don't disrespect the player's time. Don't disrespect the player's time investment. And, and, and also don't be misleading. Powerful Ingrams should be powerful Ingrams, right? You know what I'm saying? Losing moats? Yeah, I'm losing moats because literally I came over to, to fight ads by myself. Nobody had any moats. Nobody had. Nobody was doing anything. Like, I literally went over to the right late, late, mind you, and I was completely by myself and I got Shreked because literally nobody was over there to share the aggro. So, again, we're playing with a team that has no clue what's going on, so I'm just going to hang out and spawn. I'm just... This, this is not worth the frustration. Uh... Koro Sinai says, how are you going to tackle uh, Shadow with a fire team solo? Can't wait to see you attempt it. I'm not going to try and solo it. I'll tackle with a fire team. I, I mean, I know people were soloing it for the challenge and for the fun. I'm not doing that my first time through. I know people were really beating their head against that wall. Um, I have no desire to do that. Uh, New Mend 
says, with uh, the leak of new old exotics coming back, how do you feel about Icebreaker coming back, if it's true? Um, I think that the Icebreaker coming back is pretty much par for the course. Uh, I don't know how they're going to manage that in the Crucible, as far as, you know, ammo generation. Um... So, I was over there getting moats, kind of disappointed here, you know, no one's doing anything. Yeah, but I mean, we're only two players, nothing special. I got, I went over there and literally no one was over there and I died. Like, these guys are not even trying. Like, I'm not going to put myself through the frustration. It just isn't worth it. Like, if you were over there getting moats, you were the only one doing it. Because I got over there and there wasn't a single person over there sharing aggro. So, I don't know why you're even trying. These guys are atrociously bad. They have a special ammo economy perfect and they're going to mess it up. Yeah, the only thing I could think is maybe they'll disable they'll disable the ammo generation in Crucible. I don't know. Maybe they'll disable ammo generation in the Crucible. I, they could say, you, you know, you're not going to be able to get this to, to proc while you're in PvP. It isn't going to mess with, with with PvE that much. It would definitely help a little bit in, in game modes like Gambit. Um, it would certainly help in game modes like Gambit. But, I mean, how much do you really need help in Gambit? You know, for the most part, Gambit is just a matter of, you know, monitoring, you know, how much power ammo you have. Um, As long as you can monitor how much power ammo you have, then you can pretty much wreck the boss. I'm going to get a double. (laughs) I'm going to get a double. You know. So getting, you know, getting Icebreaker and Gambit, I don't I don't think it would be a pretty big deal. A lot of the power ammo, a lot of the powerful weapons like the Sleeper, like the Thousand Voices. Uh, I've even seen people using Tractor Cannon. Giving up Tractor Cannon for Icebreaker and Gambit's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but I, I do think you'll see it maybe causing problems in PvP. Novahans, hey Lono, uh, do you feel like Wish Ender Exotic scratched the Outbreak Prime itch, or do you feel like we need a raid exotic that is both wild chase and a powerful weapon? I mean, I Outbreak Prime chase was good, but then the weapon itself wasn't that great. The Wish Ender, I think, is at least worthy of being called an exotic, because you can see through walls, you know. I think I think that's a I think that's a worthy you know, that's a worthy exotic perk. That was my problem with the Outbreak Prime is it was a really, really cool pursuit. It was a really, really cool puzzle. And then it didn't feel like an exotic weapon. It just didn't feel, it, didn't, it just didn't feel like an exotic weapon. It felt like a legendary weapon that looked kind of cool. You know, it didn't, it didn't warrant being used. It didn't. It didn't warrant being used, at all. So, Outbreak Prime was amazing. It really wasn't though. If you went into endgame content and you equipped the Outbreak Prime, you weren't using Galahorn. You weren't using Sleeper, um, Spindle. There were so many things you weren't using because you put on your Outbreak Prime. And what you traded for, like the actual Outbreak Prime benefit, was incredibly minimal incredibly minimal the only thing that outbreak prime really shined at was if you got into a nightfall that had small arms and if it was a fallen nightfall because it had it did increase damage to fallen 
and then you also had the uh, you also had the, the the small arms increasing the damage. That's it. That's the only time you really felt like wow, Outbreak Prime is super super strong. It was like it was an insanely overrated, unnecessary weapon. It didn't it didn't add it didn't really add anything uh, to the experience. It really didn't make it didn't it did not make running that as an exotic ever feel worth it. It always felt like you were trading trading your house for for a barn. It was like it wasn't it wasn't a fair trade at all. It felt like a very very mismatched trade. The, getting it was amazing. The Outbreak Prime puzzle was probably the best puzzle in Destiny's history. Uh, Digital Exus with the brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageless. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's generally where I land on on that whole that whole discussion is is I think Outbreak Prime wasn't worthy of being called an exotic. At least the new, at least that new bow is. So. Uh, silent service. Would it not make sense? Uh, to make all the encounters higher light at the drop of the raid because there's no prestige night bot work I think you mean nightfall there's no prestige nightfall would it not make sense let me reread this here would it not make sense to make all the encounters higher light at the drop of the raid because there's no prestige nightfall I mean you're why would you do that you're basically arguing for the entire game to be turned into endgame because you got to the endgame what about everybody else that's not raid ready? What about everybody else that isn't able to even do a nightfall yet? Or they're not strong enough to even really attempt a 100k nightfall yet? You know, they can slowly squeak in, you know, slowly squeak into uh, the, you know, the nightfall and, and get it done. I'm confused. Wish Ender's bad everywhere. I've seen people using it in PvP to good to good I've not used the weapon I wasn't commenting on its quality but at least it has an exotic perk that makes it feel exotic you can see through walls if you don't like it so be it that's subjective I've I've seen people using it in crucible to great effect I don't know if it's worth it though over other PvP options right now because there are so many stronger you know weapons in the game so I've seen you put that in chat numerous times so I finally decided to respond don't like it don't use it I didn't comment on the quality of the weapon I just said at least it had a perk that felt exotic um, the Outbreak Prime didn't even have a perk that was worthy to be called an exotic. Wishender's quality versus legendary bow is not something I commented on. So you're arguing with somebody in chat, maybe, because I never commented on it. Um, I meant the raid not having prestige. Oh, like raising all of the encounters in the raid. Um. Again, why would you do that? You're making, like, just because you've gotten to 600 doesn't mean everybody else suddenly then needs the raid to be harder. Do you have any idea how much more difficult that raid would be for people to... Where are they going to get their powerful drops? That You use the raid to level up, and you're going to take that away from people if you suddenly raise them... If you suddenly raise the, 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 the power of all the encounters... It would make sense for the raid to start at higher light when it dropped because there's no prestige. No, I 100% disagree with you. 
the raid launched 10 days after the launch of the raid. We were under-leveled at the second encounter, and you want to have it at higher light? If it dropped at higher light than it was, then we wouldn't even have been able to do it. I... I think I, I think you're arguing too narrowly. You're arguing for something very specific to you because you hit the max power level and you want the raid to be catered for you. That's not how raids are built. Raids are procedurally difficult and they're procedurally power accessible. So you go into the raid at a certain power and it goes up as you go in. If you if the raid would have dropped at a higher power level than it was, nobody would have freaking beat it. It barely got beat. It barely got beat. I'm saying the way it dropped now is right. I don't understand your question then. Uh, if the way that it dropped was right, why should it have dropped at a higher light? I'm I don't understand. Your question's not making any sense to me. You've 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 gone from saying it should have dropped at a higher light to now saying it dropped fine. So I am completely baffled by your question as it now is contradicting itself. I don't know what you mean. Um, Melbuggen says, do you think there would be any benefit, uh, to maybe fun factor if Bungie made instances where, uh, particular perk would benefit or harm the encounter? Like say more points in the nightfall if you use a gun with field prep. Oh, so like, mm, I mean... More points than I fall if you use a gun with field prep. I think you can legislate too narrowly for fun. So, like, why would it be fun to have to use... See, again, what you're doing is what nobody liked about the the curated loadouts. Nobody wants to farm for good rolls and good gear, only to be told, if you want to play this and maximize your points, you have to play with garbage loot. Like, nobody wants to be put in that position generally speaking that's a that's a that's a that's not something people enjoy the curated loadouts were generally disliked and that sounds that's not curated right you're not making me do it you're just saying oh you get more points if you do this i mean i I could see that i could see that maybe having a, a slight fun factor like going with really crazy builds and if you go in with a really really crazy build um you get you know you get a you, you get a, a benefit, you know? You get this this cool benefit of like, well, you get a, po- a point multiplier on every time you get a kill with a gun that has field prep on it. So you're not just putting the weapon on and then ignoring it. You're like putting the weapon on and then feeling forced to use it. Um, yeah, that could be good. The lack of special is making this incredibly difficult for me to get anything going. Um nobody over here I'm not sure what's going on wait why did everybody pivot away um really struggling without without uh, special ammo with all the shielded enemies so I, yeah I don't know that feels really narrow and I don't think that would appeal to a lot of people though because you're basically saying run crap to get more points um again it could be a cool way to implement curated loadouts without forcing people to do it you could say, oh, it's just an option if you want. If not, just ignore it. But again, that just gets... Stuff like that gets so incredibly narrow. Um, you know. 
who's actually going to mess with it. Good night says, as someone who can't play a bunch of D2, only getting a few hours every other week, what would you suggest I play with a little time to level up small increments? I mean, they don't really tell you this, and people learn this by playing. Um, not all powerful engrams are created equal. Not all powerful engrams are created equal. And what that means is, what that means is, is certain things reward you with bigger drops. So I think, uh, I think the nightfall is one of the bigs, and then anything from Petra is big. It's generally related to the power of the, uh, it's generally related to like the power of the instance. So like the Dreaming City is higher power than, you know, your, your freaking flashpoint, right? So that's going to have bigger drops. Now going for big drops over little drops, there's different strategies. Some people, some people would argue that it's better to go for the little drops first, exhaust all your little drops, then go for your big drops. And then after you do your big drops, uh, you can, uh, after you do all the little drops, then you can go for the big drops. I don't necessarily know if there's a perfect sauce. Um, there certainly, there certainly is a lot of different approaches. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's no right or wrong way. Cause if you do a big drop and it targets your highest item, you're screwed. You just threw away those powerful drops. There's literally no way, there's literally no way for you to even know what's going to drop and when. So just play the game would be my recommendation. Like, play what you enjoy. Do you hate Gambit and Crucible? Well, then don't play them for the milestones if you have limited time. Don't fill your time with stuff that's going to frustrate you. Do you like Strikes? Do you like Nightfall? Do you love doing the, the, the like that, the, the bounty from Spider? Do you like going to the Dreaming City? Like, I would just go to where you're having the most fun. There is not a perfect sauce. You could do your small ones first, then your big ones, or your big ones first, then your little ones if you have time, and either way, RNG can screw you. No matter how you shake it, RNG can 100% give you the middle finger and not give you the drops that you need and frustrate your efforts. So I would say, go where you have the most fun, uh, and then just try to get your rewards from that. Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you take my advice and you're like, okay, he said do bigs then littles, and you do bigs then littles, and you don't level up, and you ended up playing content that you really weren't wanting to play, you were more wanting to play, you know, your your milestone maybe, or maybe you're wanting to play Crucible instead of going to the Dreaming City, I would just say then do that. So, uh, is it time for EP matchmaking or is it too late? It's not a priority right now. It doesn't honestly matter in the grand scheme of things. The Destiny community needs to make sure we stop asking for things that are on the fringe of importance. You know, matchmaking for Escalation Protocol, I mean, matchmaking for the Blind Well would be well above that in my mind. Uh, Matchmaking for virtually any other content that's currently relevant as that's not relevant content. I mean, it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't um, at the same time, so... Gavin, have you looked at the Black Armory leaks? What are your thoughts? No, I haven't. I don't look at leaks. I think they're stupid. Uh, Will you see dedicated servers in Destiny? Probably never. R. Jennings 4, I've noticed that Blindwell Heroic drops powerful gear, but it seems it only drops it once per day or maybe per week. Do you know anything about the drop rate? As far as I know, it's once per week. Uh, That's once per week. 
I don't think you can just keep running it every day. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I think it's once per week. Because that, I don't know, that makes the most sense to me. And I don't, I, and I don't even know, honestly, if, is it, is it once per account? I don't know if I've been getting, I don't know if I feel like I've been getting uh, the drops that consistently to be powerful from that. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if somebody in chat can confirm it. It was once per week per character, says somebody in chat. Okay. Once per week per character. Oh, all those motes that I made and nobody, like, again, nobody where the enemies are. Not really sure why the teams I'm getting paired with today are just so god-awful. Uh, JD Gamer, do you think about the raid not having a prestige version, and do you uh, think that the raid layers won't have prestige? No, they won't have prestige. Prestige is going away as an idea. No prestige Nightfall. I'm just going to let this team win. This is so frustrating. Um, I'm literally only playing for the milestone. Uh... There's, there's no prestige. Like, like, that is an idea just going away. They're creating a spectrum within the content. So it's like lost sectors, patrols, public events, right? Then your strikes. Um, so, so daily story mission. Then there's your story missions. Then there's your strikes. Then there's nightfall. Then you can obviously go for the 100k nightfall where you make it harder for yourself uh, to get more points. Then there's the raid. Uh, then there's the raid. And then there's the challenges of the raids. There's the different versions of the raids. Um, I think they've set up, like, the content has a spectrum instead of each piece of content having a spectrum. Because usually it was, like, strikes, then heroic strikes. Nightfall, uh, then prestige nightfall. While just giving up, I'm literally playing for the milestone. I think Gambit's in a terrible place right now. I don't, I'm not playing this because I enjoy it. I'm literally playing for the milestone. Letting them win is easier and faster to get me to my milestone than like getting frustrated eight months from Agnarts, glad to have you back and doing well thank you very much um so the spectrum of the content is completely changing witness says probably a stupid question but as a returning player who hasn't played since curse of osiris is it worth it to hold on to my old legendary weapons or are they mostly worthless there's no reason to hold on to your legendary weapons there are people that still like using midnight coup uh and you know good for them but i i generally think i generally think that most people are not really using um any anything from year one right now they're not really using anything from year one. I would say the people using Midnight Coup are in the minority. Uh, they're in the minority. And are we actually going to do this? We're actually going to win. I think people are literally farming bounties. Like those guys, I feel like that team let us win. I feel like they literally let us win so they could farm bounties. Like they had their, they had their their primeval out for an eternity and wouldn't do any damage to it. I don't understand the way that people play this game. Actively using Ikelos shotgun. Well, Ikelos is in its own category. It's in its own category. I don't even consider Ikelos a year one weapon. Ikelos shotgun literally landed like with Warmind and it's basically the only carryover. 
other than other than other than the midnight coup and the Ikalos shotgun, almost nothing's carrying over, right? Now exotics don't count, right? Whisper of the Worm's always going to be god tier. Sleeper's always going to be god tier. But for the most part, I would not be saving your legendary weapons. No. If I can clarify my question, you said earlier that you don't like how the power level of the raid was too high when it dropped. I was advocating that the way the power levels work now and the raid is fine because there is no prestige. It gives the raid a longer life expectancy. Well, right, but you're... Yeah, and that's fine. So I don't... Then your question wasn't a question. It was just a statement. Your question was originally, should they raise the power levels because... I forget how you phrased it. Your original question was an actual question about should they raise the power levels? Now you're claiming your question was just an assertion. I I am still ridiculously confused why you even asked a question then. If you're saying that everything is working fine because of because it gives it more longevity, then you didn't even ask a question then. I'm I'm like more confused now than I think I was before. Uh Karo Sinai, what are your thoughts on Blind Well? After four weeks of it now, I'm bored of it. There's no exclusive loot. I get the same armor over and over again. It feels pointless. Yeah, Blind Well is a, is a total misfire. It really is. Blind Well is a total misfire. No simple way to instance in. No, no simple way to instance in with players. No exclusive loot. Uh, so literally, it's only you only run it for bounties. It's literally you just you just run it for bounties. That's literally the only reason that you run it. Uh, no other reason to run blind well. Like once you're done with your bounties, it's like why am I in? Why am I in here? You know, why am I in here? It was a question about what would make more sense. I okay. I it it. I think everything's fine. I think that the problem with the level of the raid when it launched wasn't the level of the raid. It was the fact that intentionality for leveling was not there. You could put in the same amount of time as another person and the result could be vastly different. I don't think anything needed changed with the level of the raid. I think the problem with the raid's level was the complete lack of control that we had over leveling. We had no control over leveling. And once again, I'm in the area with the ads a hundred percent by myself and no one shocked that I died um so yeah Blindwell needs its own specific loot they even like they really were misleading they actually in my opinion in my opinion they lied about how the Blindwell works in the trailer uh in the trailer they said the Blindwell you could go in there and get loot and they showed Dreaming City loot to make it look like that Inc- that that the blind well had its own loot that was dishonest i feel like they were very misleading um go back and watch the trailer like it's basically a lie they made it look like they made it look like blind well had its own loot 100% made it look like it had its own loot and it doesn't uh they literally just showed dreaming city loot that after you get dreaming city loot to drop from the dreaming city literally can drop anywhere like i've gotten dreaming city loot to drop on other planets just because it it once it's it, it's it's like once you got escalation protocol gear you could get it to drop from uh any other anytime you turn a flashpoint in it's 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 basically uh <laughs> it's basically just loot from the game now at this point so i don't know why they did that I, it would have been very easy I think to add a loot pool for blind well gear you could have had armor that had blind well perks you could have guns that had blind well perks um, you definitely could have made Blind Well 
uh, significantly better than it is. It's another really, really great executed piece of content uh, like Archon's Forge and others, and then the content falls flat because it's like, what's the incentive to run it? And you make it you make it difficult for people to play together and get instanced together, and so you end up with content that is probably hurting on the engagement factor. Ah, oh, at ten motes. So, Blindwell would probably get significantly better engagement if there was a reason to run it, uh, and then beyond a reason to run it, if it was easier to get in there with people. Um, that'd be that would be my contention. Unbelievable. As soon as I put melting point on him. I cannot believe we beat these guys. They, they were getting their primeval out early every time and like not damaging it. I just got Skyburner's Oath as my reward so again as we said it targeted my highest item uh, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't help me it's not even a new exotic so it's five below my energy weapon and it's a year one exotic great reward system Bungie uh, Mac 2099 quick discussion of your hate for grave robber and field prep grave robber is really cool now auto loading holster for your entire gun set that also grants free kinetic and field prep is outlaw with no kill needed change my mind Field prep sucks because you have to remember to crouch and that's like a weird muscle memory to try to develop after like years and years and years of reloading based off like Call of Duty rhythms. Uh, Grave Robber is really cool now. Auto-loading holster for your entire gun set. I mean, I think Grave Robber would be great on a shotgun. Um... It's probably okay on hand cannons because you're close range for hand cannons. But I've gotten Grave Robber on... I've gotten Grave Robber on scouts and auto rifles. I don't think it works really well on those weapons because you use those weapons at about mid-range. So it's probably pretty good on hand cannons and shotguns. You're probably right. Uh, In your opinion, would you recommend to dismantle all year one masterwork weapons to get masterwork cores? That's what I've been doing. You don't need them. Other than, like I said, Midnight Coup or Ikelos Shotgun. GOHD, not sure if you've done any Crucible competitively. What's your opinion on the current meta? What changes would you maybe make or add? I think the competitive playlist is a lot more fun than Quick Play because there's just less players, so there's more opportunities for 1v1s. I think six people on a lot of the maps leads to frustration. Uh, I think a lot of teams just do the natural thing they've done for the last 12 months, which is hold hands, look down lanes, and melt anybody that enters the choke point. Um... Generally in quick play, I get murdered by team shot pulses all day long, uh, which is incredibly frustrating. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't give you a whole lot of opportunity uh, for you know response time. You, it's really really difficult uh, to do to do really anything. It's really hard to react. Uh, it's really hard you know to to respond to that and generally teams that are really really committed to it I mean they you, you can't really get to them the map design makes it really difficult to kind of like get to where they are to unseat them uh, and so it's pretty it's pretty frustrating uh, in my experience I was playing comp 
I was playing comp the other night and I was like pleasantly surprised both by my stats. I was consistently getting two and three efficiencies uh, and and I was consistently getting uh, consistently getting uh, top of the leaderboard on my team. So I, I wasn't I wasn't just uh, I think we need gauntlets for this guy to get the full wing theorem set. Everybody pray for gauntlets. And it was I, I feel like it was just because there was less players. So my ability to win gunfights and my skill as a, as a, as, a, as a player who's been playing you know shooters for a really, really long time. You know, it really landed it really landed on on that. Now, when I played breakthrough, I was like, this is a freaking abysmal game mode. But when I played just with four v four, uh, in on on most of the maps, I don't know. It just felt right. Now, as far as the meta is concerned, I know people are complaining about shotguns, but I don't think shotguns are actually that bad. I think the limited ammo makes them not nearly as frustrating as they could be. Um, and I also think that there's way worse things that could be happening in the Crucible. Like, at least people are running around and getting kills. I said this the other day. I can't stand quick play Crucible. It's really, really frustrating. I was playing on a map, and I literally died the entire time to power ammo, team shot, and supers. That's all I died to. I never once got into a gunfight, and it was really frustrating. But I said, I said the good news is, I'm not really a fan of the Crucible anyways. So, so, the good news about that is there are players all along the spectrum that can enjoy that style of crucible there are players that can camp power camp lanes with their buddies or rush with shotguns or use their supers to get kills and everybody's kind of having that saucy good time that we kind of missed uh you know for the last how long so i think i think the crucible's in a better place than it's been for a really really long time but I think the maps breathe better and play better with less people on them so I don't know I think I think comp really lets lets the gunplay shine uh, the, and I really I don't know I feel like I get a couple doubles and triples guys push me shotgun them down lanes I win with pulses uh, and then my super and then if I can grab power ammo like I don't know I feel like there's a lot more of a a give and take with my skill set in comp playlist as long as it's not breakthrough saints man leviathan guns still okay to infuse or not off the par with the guns the community is using right now uh the midnight coup is really the only thing worth saving i guess sins of the past is probably worth saving shaddix i put the comment in chat but i'll ask here what would you think if they added blindwell specific guns armor on a rotating weekly basis so you could grind for those god rolls each week oh i would love that like this, like escalation protocol, right? Like this week, the blind wells dropping its hand cannon, and you grind, 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 grind for the god roll. I'd freaking love that. That's exactly why you have to put specific loot in activities so that people can then grind the activity. Bungie missed the mark on this a little bit. Think about it. Like you can grind the raid for curated rolls, god rolls, etc., but you can only run it three times. You can grind for strikes uh, specific loot, but that's that's a limited pool. And then your other grindable event would be Blind Well, and that's it. You can grind the Dreaming City and turn in her bounties to try to get, like, I've been trying to get a really, really good roll on the uh, the Waking Vigil, right? I've been trying to get a good roll on the Waking Vigil. Well, there's no way for me to do that, right? I got a curated loadout on the Vouchsafe. 
Well, there's no way for you to be like, oh, that vouchsafe curated roll, that's really, really cool, Lono. I want to go for one of those. There's no way for you to do that, and I think that's that's a little bit of a misfire right now. Um, you can grind the wanted lost sectors for certain weapons. Now, that I didn't know, so I'll have to investigate that further. That sounds kind of nice. Uh, OP Mark, do you think adding Masterworks to Spider's Bounties is enough? I still don't know what they could have done for Infusion. Yeah, this is a talk I need to do. I need to do a talk on Masterwork Cores. I think so many leaders in the community 100% misfired on this because they were biased about defending their ideas. They were not thinking about the grand scheme. They were not thinking about what was best for the community. They were more primarily concerned with defending their ideas. And here's what I mean. They wanted Infusion to be costly, and they felt like the implementation of Masterwork Cores being costly and painful was a good execution on their idea. I think their idea is fine. I think Infusion being costly is an appropriate philosophy to have. What I don't agree with is taking something out of its own economic structure, Masterworking items, and just shoving it into Infusion, right? It created a unique, and I would argue unnecessary pain point and by creating that unique and unnecessary pain point a solution was needed and that solution was we're going to give you more routes to masterwork cores and do you know what that does that basically creates another problem where now you're going to be able to get masterwork cores significantly easier than in the past which means you're going to make masterworking far easier for the people that get into the 590s. Like, think about it. Once you hit 595, are you really going to be blowing masterwork cores on infusing that fusion that often? Probably not. Probably not. What are you going to do? You're going to save them up, and you're going to be able to save them up very, very easily. The scales are going to tip. Think about it like this. You're going to be like, yeah, I can get masterwork cores real easy for infusion. And as you work into the higher echelons of power, once you get into the 591 and higher, and you don't need, you don't really need to hit 600 for anything, by the way, right? So once you hit the 591 delta, you don't need to roll, you don't need to infuse that much. Now masterwork cores are easily accessible, and you've created an imbalance within the masterworking economy, making masterworking easy. Masterworking is supposed to be the end capstone investment in the gear this is the armor that i want this is the gun that i want to use and now i'm going to dig down and invest in it and people argued and defended their idea and they argued to keep masterwork cores in there they just thought oh no just give give us give us an, an easier way to get masterwork cores right they're going to create more imbalance in the game because again, it was more about defending an idea than going for what was a well-rounded solution, which would have been remove masterwork cores from the economy and tweak the infusion, I'm sorry, from the infusion economy and tweak the infusion economy appropriately, appropriately so that infusion was still somewhat costly, but not to the point of absurdity where it's like you literally couldn't infuse stuff. People are like, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even infuse. I, I, I have to, I play for, you know, what, what? let's say somebody plays for a couple hours a week. During their limited play session, they have to basically use garbage loot, like a sidearm and a grenade launcher. It's like, th- th- you should be free to use the stuff that you want in your limited play session. I mean, for Pete's sakes, it's a looter shooter, and you shouldn't be feeling like you have to run garbage loot just because infusion's so costly. So, at the end of the day, 
that's where I fell on masterwork cores. I felt like they could have kept, you know, infusion costly without including masterwork cores because now you've tipped one scale in the other direction to make, well, we got to make infusion possible and less painful. And by doing so, they've basically made masterworking easier. So I think everybody's going to turn around in a couple of months and be like, masterworking is so much easier and faster uh, than than we ever intended it to be because we gave you all these means by which you can get masterwork cores. So, and then the last question no lives left says do you think there will be more dungeons I do think there will be more dungeons I'm not sure when or how probably tied to the, the annual passes since they said there would be new pinnacle activities in those annual passes I could see that being uh, where a lot of the dungeons end up landing that could be pretty cool and then that puts that specific loot in there and those specific rewards and then that's just that incentive and that drive for you to go do the content. So I, I would love to see them do more dungeons. And I could 100% see them doing that in uh, in the DLC. 100%. So that's going to conclude the Q&A. Uh, I'm not sure how long that was. I think it was close to two hours or an hour and a half or so. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I appreciate you engaging with the content and supporting what I do. Please share this uh, podcast with people that you think might enjoy it. Uh, And as always, I appreciate you listening and watching all my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.